this is supposed to be a happy occasion. Let's not bicker and argue about who killed who. Well, what the hell are we supposed to do, you moron? I can't believe I ate that whole thing. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. All righty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am GamerDude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today, it's kind of a special day. This is episode 100 of Storytime. Can you imagine 100 episodes of this? Yeah, I'm as shocked as you are. But I'm really, really grateful for you guys for listening and for tuning in every week and for all you new folks who've just joined us. We've been doing this for two years, two seasons of Storytime with Gamer Dude, and I haven't run out of stories yet, so we're going to keep going. But this being episode 100, and it happens to fall during Thanksgiving week, that's when I'm recording it. I wish I could say I planned it that way, but honestly, my goal was to get to 25 episodes and hope that I still had more to talk about. And here we are at episode 100, and I still have lots to talk about. I still have lots of stories. Imagine that. You live a while, you get some stories. So today we're going to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving, and we're going to talk a little bit about episode 100, because the two actually go together. I'm really, really thankful to have this podcast and to have all you guys listening in and sharing my stories and experiences with me. And so it's really kind of kismet that episode 100 falls during the week, at least in the U.S., where we're supposed to give thanks. Thanksgiving, of course, marks that holiday season where all the families start to worry about (laughs) whose house do we have to go to this year? All right, are we going to your parents for Thanksgiving and my parents for Christmas? Oh, I don't want to see my aunt and uncle again. Oh, I hate my cousins. Do I have to see them? Yeah, it's where we see all the weird relatives once a year over the course of about a month. And all that makes us grateful for the 11 other months of the year where we don't have to see them. Ah, yes, Thanksgiving. I talked a bit about Thanksgiving last year. Of course, with a lifetime of Thanksgivings, I have lots of Thanksgiving stories, too. And as you get older, the Thanksgivings do tend to run together. You realize, oh, yeah, that happens every year, doesn't it? Every year's the question, is the turkey done? My dad's favorite words. Is the turkey done? Well, I'm waiting for the little thing to pop up. You know that's never accurate. It's always accurate. I don't know how many times we had that discussion, but it was more than once. Making the stuffing, making the sweet potatoes, making the mashed potatoes, making that fruit salad with the little marshmallows in it that we call the fruit salad with the little marshmallows in it. Every Thanksgiving, the same old stuff, which is good. Traditions are good. But there's also the family politics that goes with it, too. One of the first political fights in my life was family politics. And it was the time that I wanted to graduate from the kids' table at my grandmother's house. Now, some of you know this routine. You have such a big family that there's the grown-up table and the kids' table. And all the little kids are supposed to sit at the kids' table because the grown-ups have to have grown-up conversation, and the kids are just going to interrupt that. That's the philosophy behind that. We don't want those pesky little kids interfering with the grown-up conversation. You know, the ones where they fight the same fights they fought every Thanksgiving for a decade. We don't want the kids interrupting that. But my dad's mom was the one with the kids' table. My mom's mom never had a kids' table. She just added leaves to the table or put up a card table at the end of the table and just put chairs around it and everybody sat at the same table. My dad's mom had the kids' table. I don't think there was that many more people at my dad's mom's house for Thanksgiving when she had it, but I think she liked the separation. My mom's mom had 12 siblings, so she didn't care. She was used to big families. Everybody gathered around the table. My dad's mom wanted the separation, so we had the separation. And I remember sitting at the little card table in the foyer, because that's the only place it would fit in the foyer, with five or six other strange kids who I never saw, except at Thanksgiving at my grandmother's house. 
as I sit here today, I don't remember their names. I don't remember their relations. Well, let me correct that. I do remember a couple of my cousins. My dad's sister's kids would sometimes show up. I say sometimes because there was politics there. My grandmother didn't get along with that sibling. And so they didn't always come for Thanksgiving. But it was way above my head why. I just knew they weren't always there. But I had three cousins on that side who we would occasionally see. And then, as my dad explained it to me, there was a second cousin and a second cousin once removed. And I don't know what that means. They were just there. One of them was named Paul, maybe? Peter? Piper? Could have been anything. I don't remember. And that's because family get-togethers for the holidays are really more of an obligation than something you love to do. I mean, I love to get together with my immediate family. Don't get me wrong. But you know that extended family, that crazy uncle you see once every two years? That cousin who lives in Alaska who shows up every four or five years? And they show up because they feel they have to at least once a decade? That's the weird stuff about the family get-togethers. And that was the stuff that was always exhibited at my dad's mom's house for Thanksgiving. I couldn't tell the players without a program. I had no idea who half these people were. But I knew that my grandmother had 10 or 12 seats around the big table, and then 5 or 6 or 8 or 10 seats around the kids' table, and a whole bunch of strangers who would sit together and have food. And that's what we called Thanksgiving. There's not much I remember about my dad's mom's Thanksgiving. My mom's mom's Thanksgivings were much more memorable. I told you last year about how my cool cousins came and cleaned up the turkey carcass and left my dad in tears, because there was no leftover turkey. We didn't stay over at my dad's mom's house. She was close enough where we would drive out there for Thanksgiving dinner and then leave that same day. And it was always turkey, and there was some stuffing, but it was never the stuffing that my mom made. It was never as good as that, and my dad didn't like it. I remember that. He didn't like my grandmother's stuffing. And she always had the rice ring for Thanksgiving, too. I've mentioned the rice ring before. That's on our family crest, I believe. My dad's mom loved rice, but didn't just make rice. She would put the rice in one of those jello mold type things, you know, those coppery ones you see hanging on the wall. She actually used hers. It was a circular ring that you would ordinarily use for jello. But she would cook her rice and then put it in the mold so that you'd then have a ring of rice. And that's what she served for the rice. I don't know if she baked it after that or if she just cooked it and then packed it in there and served it that way. But rice ring was at every Thanksgiving, every Christmas, every meal that we ate at my grandmother's house, there was always rice ring. I wish I knew where that came from, but that was her thing. My dad's mom was the only one in the family who always had to have an appetizer, and the appetizer was always a weird little concoction. I've mentioned it before in the stream, but this is something she would serve on everybody's plate, including the kids. At, at the kids' table, we got the, we got the appetizer. It was a little dessert cup with a spoonful of orange sherbet in it, and it was floating in some cranberry juice. It sounds weird, I know, right? But let me tell you, that orange sherbet and the cranberry juice, really tasty. That was the best part of the meal. I wanted more appetizers. I'm calling it an appetizer. I think it's what they used to call a palate cleanser. A little sherbet was supposed to cleanse your palate so you could appreciate the taste of the food more. And I think that's one of the things that my grandmother liked to do, have a little fancy touch to her dinners. So this little palate cleanser slash aperitif slash appetizer was something that she served at every meal. And that was the one thing I looked forward to. I could do without the rice ring. I could do without the turkey. Bring on the orange sherbet and the cranberry juice. I say I could do without the turkey. I love turkey. I love a good turkey dinner. I love turkey, stuffing, gravy, the trimmings, everything. I love everything about Thanksgiving dinner. I would have turkey all the time if I could. But the problem with my grandmother's house is my grandmother was not a good cook. My mom's mom, stellar cook. My dad's mom, 
She could bake. Great with cakes. Great with cookies. Main courses? Not so much. One of the ongoing feuds between my dad and his mom was when we would go over there for a turkey dinner. There was always a fight over cooking the turkey. And it's because she didn't like to waste electricity or gas, depending on which house we were in and which was powering her stove. So she would always try to cook the turkey at a very low temperature so as not to use too much electricity or gas. But she would try to cook it at the low temperature for the same amount of time. Not surprisingly, our turkeys would often arrive mm, slightly undercooked. So there were times my dad would take a break from the conversation and sneak out to the kitchen to turn the temperature up on the turkey to make sure that it would cook all the way through. And my grandmother would wander out an hour later and check on it. Who turned up this stove? Why is this stove so hot? And she'd turn the temperature back down. So, of course, my dad would have to sneak back out, turn it back up. It was a battle for the cooking of the turkey. And that's why sometimes after dinner at Grandma's house, we would be stopping at McDonald's to make sure we all had something good to eat. Because there were times the turkey was not edible. The rice ring was always good. The turkey, not so much. The one thing that was always a constant at Thanksgiving, no matter whose house it was at, whether it was my mom's mom, my dad's mom, or at my parents' house. It was always that we were thankful, and we would always make it a point to give thanks. No matter how tough the year was, no matter what troubles we might be having, we always took time to give thanks on Thanksgiving. We never lost sight of the fact that the point of Thanksgiving is to be thankful. And we would always say grace, and we would always express our gratitude on Thanksgiving. We'd go around the table, and everybody would say something that they were thankful for. Even if you weren't feeling it at the moment because of all the politics that were going on, even with a whole bunch of folks that you didn't know in the house, we would all say something that we were thankful for. Because that really is the point of Thanksgiving. Which brings me around to one of the things that I'm most thankful for this year. It's this podcast and you. I had this idea for the podcast actually several years ago. As I've gotten older, I've realized that, yeah, I'm not going to be around forever. And there's stuff that I've experienced, and there's stuff that I've been through, and there's stories I could tell about what it was like growing up, and I really wanted to save them and share them for a couple of reasons. Number one, I remember when I was a kid, and old folks would sit down, your grandparents, your aunt, your uncle, they would sit down and want to tell you what it was like when they were growing up. And when I was a kid, I would go, yeah, yeah, okay. Can I go out and play now? I would politely listen for as long as I was supposed to listen, which in kid time is about a minute and a half. But as an older person now, I look back and I go, God... I wish I'd listened to some of those stories. I wish I could sit down with my dad or my mom and ask what it was like when they were growing up. What was it like in New York City when you were a kid, Dad? What was it like teaching school, Mom? What was it like being in the theater? Because my mom was in the theater. I wish I could sit down with my grandfather, both of them. My mom's dad drove a mule truck for mobile oil. Literally a mule truck. He sat on a truck that was pulled by a mule and delivered oil. That was a hell of a job, right? My dad's dad was a civil engineer. He designed buildings and bridges. He helped design the Whitestone Bridge in New York City. He helped build the damn thing. Wish I'd have sat down and listened to them tell their stories about that. So one of the reasons that I first started thinking about doing the podcast was, I have stories too. And I know that nobody wants to sit down and listen to me rant and rave and wax nostalgic about the good old days. My kids don't want to hear that. Not right now. And I know a lot of you guys probably don't want to hear that all of the time. But I know that the stories do have some useful information, may give you some perspective, and at the very least may be entertaining. And by putting them in a podcast form, you can listen to them when you feel like it. Or totally ignore them if you want to. Oh, he's talking about poker? I don't want to hear anything about poker. Oh, he's talking about Star Wars? Who cares? I'm skipping that episode. I mean, that's the beauty of the podcast. You can listen to the stories if you want to or not. 
but at least I know they're out there. So the reason that I thought about doing the podcast was to have the stories out there. For my kids, sure, but for anybody else who might be interested. And one of the things that I'm so grateful for is how many people actually care. How many people actually listen. I can check the stats for the podcast. I've been heard in 17 different countries. To me, that's amazing. To me, that's just incredible. 17 different countries. I don't have hundreds of listeners, but there's a solid core of folks who listen to this podcast that show me that it's worth doing because people tune in every week and people comment either on the Discord page or direct message me, and they appreciate what I'm doing out here. They may not agree with it, but they listen. And the most important thing to me is they care. You care. You guys care. And that means the world to me. We all like to think that our experiences mean something. We all think that maybe we're contributing a little something to society. We all like to think that our experiences might benefit our fellow man, those that come after us. And that's one of the reasons that I put these stories out there, too. I've been through a lot of stuff. And if you can get something out of that, I'm happy to share it with you. One of the things that I've been surprised to learn is which episodes are the most popular. Last season, I did an episode on bullying. I did an episode on being the fat kid. I wasn't sure people would be interested in that stuff. Those are two of my most popular episodes. If you haven't heard them, just go back in the archive. You can just page back and find those episodes. But I appreciate the fact that people not only listened to them, but got something out of them and sent me messages about how much they liked the episodes. Because that's stuff that I grew up with, and I figured I'd pass it on to you, to my kids, to anybody who wants to hear it. It's partly an indication that no matter how rough it is when you're young, you can get through it. I'm not saying you get through it unscarred, but you can get through it. And I really do appreciate the chance that I have to share that with you. One of the most popular episodes from last season was about books. I mean, people loved that episode. It's one of the most listened to episodes that I did. I don't know why, but I'm glad that people loved it. The episodes that I do on music seem to draw a lot of listeners too. And I love that too, because I love music and I love sharing my thoughts about music with you guys. And the fact that you listen to it and comment and let me know how much you appreciate it, that means the world to me. What you guys let me know, what you guys tell me when you listen to the podcast, even if you don't comment, is that you care. And the fact that so many people care, the fact that so many people are interested in hearing about the stuff that I have to say, that means the world to me. It validates my feeling that the stories and experiences that I've had may be worth something to somebody. And in the long run, isn't that all what we're looking for? A chance to share a little bit of ourselves and maybe benefit the people we care about? And make no mistake, I care about you. I care about the fact that you're here listening to this now, that you've shown me support by just tuning in every week. That's something that I'm truly thankful for, truly grateful for, and I can never express enough gratitude to you for being here. But I'll keep trying. So as we come up on Thanksgiving once again, I just wanted to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for all of the support, all of the time, all of the kind words and thoughts you've given to me and expressed towards me, and for making this podcast such a positive thing for me. I hope that I'm making it a positive thing for you too, because that's my goal. I want you to enjoy listening to these stories as much as I enjoy telling them. And as long as that's happening, then I couldn't be more grateful. There's one more little thing that I was going to do today. Kind of a combination of a thank you for listening to the podcast and thank you because it's Thanksgiving time. And I talked about saying grace before and giving thanks before. There's this old column. This goes back literally decades. It's what we used to call a non-denominational prayer for lack of a better term, because prayer was huge for the pilgrims. 
It was all about religious freedom and religious persecution. So prayer is always a part of Thanksgiving. But in this day and age, not everybody necessarily believes in the same God, in the same religion, that there is a God. So a columnist years ago named Coelty wrote a non-denominational prayer. And I'm going to read a couple of excerpts from it because it has direct applicability today. It's really one of the most non-offensive, non-denominational prayers I've ever read. Your amazing grace, whom some call God, others the Great Spirit, and still others Allah, hear this brief but intense prayer. You won't hear another like it for a while. We know that most prayers you hear, and certainly all those you answer, have some element of need or want in them. How often you must hear, Please God, get me out of this, and I'll never miss church again. This is not that kind of prayer. It's simply an expression of thanks from those of us who feel some gratitude for a few items for which you may be at least partly responsible. No answer is required. We're not thanking you either for horrible things that didn't happen this year. Many of us feel that the absence of bad luck and the presence of good luck are not at all the same. So we won't thank you for those of us who didn't get cancer or didn't have their homes or farms repossessed this year or for the lack of nuclear war. That's cheap and easy and we'll leave such thanks to the easily pleased. In no particular order then, we thank you first for heat. Heat may not seem like much to you, God, but in small quantities, we're quite happy with it here. Not too much, understand, or we suffer terribly. But often what brings suffering when used to excess brings great pleasure when used moderately. And heat is like that. A warm wood stove is a cause for celebration, and many a day I've smiled in pleasure as I've warmed my purple fingers over the heated cast iron mass in my living room. So a large thanks for the small heat we bring into our homes this season. Next, thanks for one of the greatest of all miracles, made all the more miraculous because it's so common and yet so completely mysterious. I speak of the human face, God, which we sadly have taken for granted. Faces are the most powerful instruments of expression in existence. A twitch of an eyebrow, and we're in despair. A grin and a wink, and we're set for the day. Faces have launched a thousand ships, and often send normally sane people into bouts of craziness, especially if they're teenagers. Life would be boring and terrible without familiar and miraculous faces. Finally, thank you for the enormous reward for the negligible effort of eating. Almost nothing in life gives us so much for so little. Merely bringing our teeth together while holding food between them gives us pleasure beyond compare, not to mention several hours without hunger. You must have known that we needed some regular reward to keep going day after day, and eating serves. In closing, our holiday of giving thanks brings together these three items for which we offer our gratitude— Warmed against the first days of winter, we gather our related faces and share the reward of eating. Good going, God. Thanksgiving time is always the signal of the coming of the end of the year to me. Things happen so quickly. It's Thanksgiving, it's Christmas, it's New Year's, and then boom, a new year is on us. And everything happens at a seemingly accelerated pace once you get past Thanksgiving. So I hope you guys can take some time over the next month, even though things are going to seem to be going fast, that you can sit back and enjoy the holiday season a little bit, that you can chill a little and enjoy Thanksgiving with your family, with your friends, even by yourself. I've done Thanksgiving by myself, and I've actually enjoyed it. As long as you're comfortable in your own skin, you can have a really nice Thanksgiving by yourself. However you want to spend your holidays, Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Christmas, whatever you celebrate, take time to enjoy it. Take time for yourself to make it what you want it to be. It's okay to enjoy your holidays your way. So make sure you do. And don't worry, I know this sounds like I'm signing off. I'm not going anywhere. We've got podcasts to do to the end of the year. 
We're going to talk about Christmas again. We'll probably do some more Christmas music, some more Christmas movies. We'll talk about all of that between now and the end of the year. Don't you worry about that. But for now, I just hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope you're able to enjoy yourself, put your feet up, chill a little bit, and keep perspective. Because, yeah, we have family politics to deal with. We have all the Christmas shopping to deal with. We have all of the pressures that society puts on us for the holidays. But you know what? You're still allowed to take care of you. And you're still allowed to enjoy your life. So make sure you take time to do that. Not only for Thanksgiving, but all the time. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Storytime. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great Thanksgiving. And thank you once again for all of the time you spend here. It means the world to me, and I can't thank you enough. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves. And I'll see you when I see you.